0: You know what that song means. That's right. It's time for another excursion on the sea of confabulation, friend. This is Chris Fabry, live program from the heart to the heart for the heart. I am back after a couple of days away, and boy, am I ready to talk with you about something I've been thinking about, something I've been living, and it will enable us to share a little life, a little wisdom, perhaps, and I want to know if you have ever been afraid of something happening and the fear grabbed hold of you and wouldn't let you go. could be a small thing like, where am I going to park when I go to this thing? What am I going to wear? Or it could be something bigger. It's just you and me today. I'd love to get your feedback. Your story, your input may help someone else at the back fence today. So let's get going. Thanks to Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trish is our producer. Gabby T is in the chair. Laura will be answering your calls today, and since it's Friday, that's right, it's time for the fabulous Fabry Friday site. Here's what it does. One, we oxygenate your blood. Two, we get your endorphins going. Three, we raise your serotonin level. Four, we promote lymphatic drainage. And five, we stimulate your parasympathetic system. That's why we call it the five lung languages. It also stimulates your vagus nerve. We help you release acetylcholine and don't forget what it does to cortisol dissipation. Taking four seconds of air through your nose right now, hold it four seconds. And then as you release that air through your mouth, push on the left side of your rib cage to get rid of all that bad carbon dioxide. It's our final February, fabulous February Friday side. Take that in for a minute. Next week, we'll we'll give you our first sigh of March. Can you believe it? Let's make it a good one. Give a sigh for the month of love. Give a sigh for the flowers and chocolate and love songs savored. Give a sigh for the colors pink and red. Give a greeting card company, sigh. It's all downhill from here until Mother's Day. (laughs) Give a sigh for the release of Winter's Grasp. It's coming, friend. Even if it doesn't feel like it where you live. Thank you, February. Thank you for the extra day this year. Come back and see us again. Fabulous February Friday size brought to you by all sons and daughters born in the month of February. My mother and father were both born in February. Can you believe that. Guess who I saw at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention? Have you seen any of the news coming out of the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this week? Guess who I got to shake hands with and, and hug? Who do you think? Well, I had a lot of people I was able to see and hug, for, uh, as a matter of fact. Some, of course, you know, professionally only shook their hands. But there, was, there were a few. I hugged their neck, <laughs> as they say. There was one special person who's shorter than me, and I gave him a hug, and his name is Ron Hutchcraft. And I am so glad that we are getting uh, to, to give a book that Ron wrote a few years ago We're putting it in the hands of people who want to make a difference with whatever time they have left. Do you feel that way? Do Do you want to make a difference with the rest of your life? I want to send you a life that matters. After reading this, I think something's happening inside. To be able to see others how God sees them and to see yourself not just as a passenger on a cruise ship to heaven... But as an ambassador to the people around you, whom God has appointed you to, you are his representative to them. And you don't have to be somebody you're not. This book frees you up to use your gifts and your talents and your abilities, directed by God, empowered by the Spirit, to make an eternal difference. We have less than a week left in our offer, because March starts in one week from today, Call or click through, and uh, you get to support the program. And I guarantee you, this book will energize you to live a life that matters. Call 866-953-2279, 866-95-FABRY. Give a gift of any size, we'll send you Ron's book. Or go to I don't promise you that he's going to hug your neck like he did mine, <laughs> but, but I guarantee you, his words will move you and his life and the examples that he uses. Will move you too. You can also go to the website ChrisFabryLive.org, dot Chris F-A-B-R-Y, F A B R Y, F isn't fabulous. ChrisFabryLive.org. And thanks for being a, a friend or a partner with us today. So I told Tricia and Ryan uh, when I left on Tuesday, I said I don't want to, I don't want to get a specific topic for Friday because I think something's going to happen between now and then, and it's going to bubble to the surface and and it has, and several things did. I had a, I had an experience. Well, if I go, if I tell you that, we'll go someplace else. I'll tell you that later. But on this Friday conversation, when we where we get to know each other better, I have a question for you. Have you ever been fearful about something that might happen, but didn't? Something that you you wanted to do, but or or purchase or you know but the fear was so strong that it affected you in in the process what did the fear do to you how did it affect you did it hold you back from truly living and then what happened with that and 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 what should happen here, although, you know, you, you can call here with a fear that was realized, you were afraid that this was going to happen. You were afraid that that was going to happen. You're afraid, you're afraid, you're afraid, and it didn't. And you realize you're afraid, <laughs> you're afraid for so long of something that didn't ever happen, didn't ever occur. So tell me your story today. Your story might be used for somebody else who's walking that trail right now. Here's the number, eight seven seven five four eight. 548 3675, unless they've changed it. Ryan, is that still, still the number? Okay. 8775. You go away for two days and you, you have no idea. Are they going to change things? 1 548 3675. A lot of younger people I've talked to in the past few years have held off on marriage because, for good reason, they're afraid that, that they will make the mistake that their parents made because their parents got divorced. Or they stayed married, but, you know, they, they were distant from each other. And the fear of that causes some to fear that, that negative outcome so much that they can't commit. That's a big, that's a huge example. Here's a smaller one. I, uh, I traveled to Nashville on Wednesday, I hugged Rod and Hutchcraft, and got to be part of a celebration with Dr. Gary Chapman, and see all the faces that I haven't seen in a lot of years. So the event was over at about four o'clock on Thursday, and I had made my plane reservation for Thursday evening, but I had to connect through Dallas from Nashville to Dallas to get back to Tucson. And that has been a problem in the past. So the fear stems partly from trauma <laughs> that I'm not going to go into. Because if I tell you that, it's, it'll just, it'll you're going to run right the airline but I wanted to do everything I could to avoid getting stuck in Dallas, or I wouldn't be able to get back and talk with you today or sleep in my own bed. So that fear captivated me. Compounding that then was the fact that a presidential candidate whom I did not hug was speaking last night at the the venue where we were. And I have been to these soirees, which is an evening party, I've been to these soirees when a president has spoken and I've experienced what it does to traffic. And if you're trying to get from point A to point B, when they shut down the freeway or do whatever, maybe, maybe someone who's a former president and didn't have, but the fear was there. The point is the fear was there. And what I noticed was how consuming it was because when I would talk with people, you know, when would you come in? You know, how's your wife? How are the kids? What's going on in your life? I, it would come up. I'd say, well, I'm going to go try to get out of here before, you know, th- Thursday afternoon so I can get back home and not have any problem. Oh, well, I hope you make it. But I was talking about it, and I was thinking about it. And during the event with Dr. Chapman, which was just so much fun, Um, I was able to focus. I was able to rein in my obsession with my fear that something would obstruct me from getting home, but it was still there. Because I am talking with you today, so you know the outcome of the story. And there's more to it than that. But I wonder if this strikes a chord in you. And I wonder if the story that you have to share might help somebody else with their fear. What was the fear that clouded even a good thing? Maybe it was a wedding you were so caught up in making things run smoothly, and you didn't have the space to just celebrate to to be part of it, because you were focused on the. But what if this? Then but, or a job interview, it's great that you were able to go to a job interview. I drew it on Zoom, but what do you wear? If you drive, that what are you, where are you going to park? And what if you're late? The clothing fear, I have this deep inside of me. I agonize about what I wear and if I'm going to fit in where I am. And then I'll look and I'll see people who aren't dressed up as I thought they should be. And it doesn't seem to bother them at all. <laughs> and I've, I've never been, a, you know, are my pants wrinkled? Whatever, what other fears have held you back, especially the ones that never materialized? I think that's part of it, that you feared this thing that would happen And it didn't happen at all. And you'd spent all this energy. (laughs) 877-548-3675 is the number. It happens with writing. Second guessing your words. What if somebody criticizes me? What if they say my writing is no good and you never do it? What's your fear today or yesterday? 877-548-3675. If you are afraid today of something that might happen, then I want you to listen to the stories that you're about to hear and and learn from them, and mine as well. I'll finish my story at some point, or we don't need to, because you know what happened. <laughs> I made it. I was afraid I wouldn't make it back, and here I am. So that's the, uh, that's the main thing. But what is the fear that you have today that is holding you back? And what if what if it all works out? What <laughs> if it's going to be okay? Uh, Randy, for some reason you called today in Chattanooga. How are
1: you? I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Whenever I meet you, whenever I come to Chattanooga, you got to look me up and I'll hug your neck. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. So what did this, what nerve did this touch in you?
1: Well, uh, it's been several years ago. I was, uh, with a new supervisor at work and, uh he had uh, promised that he was going to get rid of all of the old supervisor's uh, staff. It kind of reminded me of, you know, Saul when when King David uh, became the king. You know, fifth of is running because they think he's a wicked king. But anyway, so he decides he's going to get rid of uh, all of us, and uh, um, you know, my, he basically was going to demote me, and I told my wife I was not gonna accept a demotion, I'd just go back to my old job or whatever, another job somewhere else. But uh just so happened I uh got a call, went to the mayor's office and was able to talk for myself and the mayor decided that no, you can't get rid of this guy. He's the only one over here that knows what he's doing. So <laughs> I, I ended up getting you know, getting to keep my job even though I was uh, fearful and I know I the Lord had given me that job, but uh, sometimes our faith uh, gets tested or gets weak, but uh, but you did really something. Job. Let me let me ask my... you this
0: so, so you, but you, you didn't just sit back and let the wheels roll, you actually asserted yourself and and mentioned this to somebody who had uh authority to, to get, get involved, right?
1: Right, and actually, it was just uh. It's really, you know, it's, it was really the grace of God. I really didn't know what to do. Uh, the mayor called me to come to his office to talk. Wow. I, uh, I, I, uh, and by the time I got back to my car, someone called me and said, uh, you a praying man? I said, yes, ma'am. And she says, well, the Lord heard your prayer. There's nobody over there who can touch you. Just stay wow. cool. The mayor said, you're the only one who knew what he was doing. So, so, I love that story. Yeah, that was, so, uh, so
0: can we take from this then, from your example, Randy, that when you have a fear about something that might happen, that there's more than you, that you can do than just kind of sit back and wait and see what happens. That you there's a there's a place for to be assertive, especially in a job situation. There's a place for you to do that and still be trust in God.
1: Right. Right. That, like that is that. Yeah, that's
0: absolutely right. All right, Randy. Thanks for being first up today. Great start. And it and it didn't materialize. It was it was like this is the fear, but he's still there. Uh, Corinne is in Florida. Hi, Corinne. Go right ahead.
2: Hi. How are you? I'm doing
0: well. Um, Thank you. I,
2: I wanted to share my fear was never going to law school. And I was able to get my associate's degree in, as a paralegal. But I, for the younger folks out there, I'm 58 now, but um, looking back in hindsight, my fear of my lack of belief in myself uh, just held me back. But the good news is that God turns around the plan because I ended up having a, a good career in paralegal. And having five children and a husband. Hmm. So my life is very fulfilled and rewarded. So plan B always comes through, but not, to, I guess, that fear or maybe I think I just didn't believe in myself enough. Yes.
0: So so what was the fear then of not going to law school? Was it you, you wouldn't be able to make the, grade, the grades that you needed? Yeah. You couldn't pay for it or what? No, I couldn't. I didn't believe in myself
2: enough. I didn't, yeah. you know. I didn't think I was smart enough.
0: <laughs> yes, and but I, I you know, that's almost that's almost like the uh, the question about the, the people who are worried if they've committed the unpardonable sin. If you're worried about it, you haven't, because you're you know the spirit is asking, is working on you. If you think I'm, I might not be smart enough to do that. You probably are, if you have the self awareness to have the fear that uh, that you're going to have to study harder. You know, and and it it may not be a cakewalk for you. You might have to work a lot harder than some of the others in whatever discipline you choose. But chances are, you're going to be the kind of person, you know, even if you make, even if you exceed and you get through. In some ways, you'll be a better lawyer or or whatever because you had to work hard at the knowledge you had, rather than the people who make straight A's because they're just really really smart and they never have to study. You know, I've I've known some of those people, and they still are smarter than I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Do you know what? I, do you know what I mean by that?
2: Oh yes, yes indeed. It definitely said some enlightening guidance there because yeah. I still struggle with that even at 58 and law school is, you know, in my twenties, at least in my rear view mirror now, but right. Yeah. Well,
0: you mentioned children too. There's another huge thing. Oh. How can we keep, you know, bring kids into the world the way it is now? Uh, what are we going to no,
2: I know? And I, 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 have a 14 year day old, uh, granddaughter. Wow. My second grandchild. So I am so abundantly blessed. I'm a widow, but, you know, that's the circle of life. And But I've been so blessed with new life.
0: So, How long have you been a widow? Lawyer or no
2: lawyer. <laughs> I'm a grandma, and that, that's good enough for me. <laughs>
0: when did your husband pass away?
2: He passed away uh, April 1st, 2016. Oh due okay. to the mental illness which uh, was very disheartening for the family. Yeah. But uh you know life evolves.
0: No, you haven't remarried. No, no, no. What are those what are those anniversaries and the birthdays and the Christmas? What are those like for you now after eight years?
2: Very good. Very in like because of my grandchildren and because of my children yeah, and because of my faith, I grow a lot stronger because in between my husband's death, there were some very other tragic deaths, hmm. suicide. And, uh, so, but you grow, you know, yeah. and you grow closer to God.
0: Well, so, life, uh, life
2: well, well, looks okay.
0: Life it will do that. And see, that's why I love the uh, Friday program like this, because we got to know Corinne a little bit better, and there's probably somebody who's new to that trail of being a widow or widower, and they're filtering their own experience through Corinne's experience in life. I, it was uh, Kierkegaard. I haven't read a whole lot of Kierkegaard. I read quotes by him. But it's life is understood looking this is a paraphrase looking back at it but you have to live it forward so at 58 as corinne looks back and says i didn't believe in myself as a lawyer and i i kind of spiked that cuz i was afraid of this did the paralegal thing and that worked out you know it all it all worked together in the end but i look back at that she can only see that clearly from this vantage point But she had to live it at 20 from that vantage point, not knowing, not knowing all the things that were going to happen. So that's very, I'm so glad you took the time, Corinne, to call. Thank you. Glenn is in Florida. Hi, Glenn. Why did you call today?
3: Hi, I wanted to call and just share with you. I had a, well, two things. I'm a very anxious person, which is a familial trait, and I am really pain averse. Uh, big time. And about 15 years ago, I had a procedure that was going to be done in a very, let's put it, sensitive area of the body. Okay, And uh, there was a procedure that was supposed to be almost painless. And if that was not available, then there would be the the other procedure, uh, which was a surgical deal, that would be probably very painful. And I was really concerned about that. But the verse that I kept repeating, Philippians is my favorite book in the Bible, and in Philippians 4, uh, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, I think I'm quoting this right, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I just kept focusing on that. And so I went into the day of the procedure, just thinking, "Okay, I'm going to have the procedure, and everything will be fine, and the doctor's confident he's not going to have to do the surgery and so you know, they put me to sleep, they did their thing, and when I woke up um, a few uh, after I got you know fairly lucid, my wife says, "You know um the thing you didn't want to have happen." the doctor came in in the middle of the procedure and said he couldn't complete it that way. He was going to have to do the painful surgery. And then she looked at me and she said, but, but be encouraged because now you don't have to worry about it anymore. And all you got to do is get, get well. <laughs> and, um, so it was, it was, uh, it made it abundantly clear to me that one of the best ways to handle my anxiety and uh, the fear that I had was just to keep reminding myself that, uh, you know, just, Keep praying about it, and you'll have peace. Yes. So that's kind of the story.
0: Well, and and underneath all of that, you know, Glenn, is the the whole idea of whose hands are you in? The surgeon, the doctor's hands, of course, and and those who are attending. But ultimately, you're in the hands of your heavenly Father. Is it's He is the one who is. If you really if you really are placing your trust fully in Him, then He's the one who's guiding this whole thing, and you can. The peace comes from the ability to be able to rest in that truth, right?
3: Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like I said, it was instructive, but uh, it's um, it was it was a horrible and wonderful experience at the same time. <laughs> Let's put it that way, because <laughs> the recovery was painful, but it was over. You know, and I wasn't worried about the recovery. I was worried about the pain, and I just realized I can, I can deal with this. And, you know, there, there are medications to help. So it was really, um, you know, it, it, you don't realize, you don't think all the time about what you're doing. And, okay, God's got this, or I'm in his hands, or no sweat. If the Lord wants <laughs> to allow these things to happen, they will, and if he doesn't, they won't. And, um, but you know, we have to make so many choices in life and pick so many agendas or schedules or whatever. A lot of times you feel as if you're in control, even if you're not.
0: Yes, that's it. And that's what I, you know, with the plain thing that I mentioned earlier, it's like, how do I control this so that I, you know, I I get back like I want to, and I don't have pain, you know, staying, uh, staying overnight someplace that I want to be. And I was encouraged this morning, Glenn, thanks for your call. This is great, and, and more calls coming up. But I was reading this morning in uh, John, this is after he raises Lazarus from the dead, and they have this dinner for Jesus, and they're trying to kill Jesus, and they're trying to kill Lazarus too. And Jesus predicts his crucifixion of being lifted up. And he says, this is John 12, 27, Now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour, but that is why I came into this hour. Father, glorify your name. And so, even here, this is pre Gethsemane. Even here, Jesus is, is telling the truth to his disciples and to himself. Am I, gonna, am I just going to save myself from this hour, from this pain that I need to go through, when this is why I came? Father, glorify your name. And then a voice from heaven that the people around think is it was that thunder? Or is that an angel? I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The encouragement that I have is, in Gethsemane, Jesus is still going through that wrestling right there, and that anxiety that you were just talking about, uh, Glenn, is something that is real. It is human and it's okay to allow him to come in and help us through it. There are more calls straight ahead on Moody Radio. We're talking about some of the fears that guide us, that control us, that make us do things that we don't necessarily want to do, but we're so afraid we do them anyway. And the fear of a lot of women that I hear about who discover they are pregnant is I'm not gonna be able to care for this baby. I don't have the support of the father of this child, and I don't have people around me who are gonna help me. And that fear a lot of times causes them to choose what seems like the best option. CareNet exists. To help that woman or the man who's making those decisions with the woman choose an abundant life option rather than one that takes a life. And they're also there years later if a man or woman struggles with regret over choosing abortion. The other day I saw a video of a mom holding her daughter and she's just telling, you know, here's what was going on. This is what was going on in my mind. This is what seemed like a good idea. This was my mindset, the overwhelming fears and tears came to uh, her eyes and they were for the decision that she almost made and what she almost missed because of how great her fear was. Do you know anybody who needs a, a different option? Maybe you need help dealing with a decision that you made long ago click the green Care Net button at chrisfabrilive.org there's a download of a free ebook that's specifically geared for how to talk with pro-choice christians about a a biblical perspective on abortion it might help you as you talk with a family member or a friend or somebody at church or maybe you think abortion's regrettable but hey it's a woman's choice get the free ebook read that Click the green CARENET button at chrisfabrylive.org and uh, go to the free resources at CARENET. You'll see it right there. Chrisfabrylive.org, click the green CARENET button. So let me just close the loop a little bit. So I was really concerned about making it to the airport, and the presidential candidate that was going to speak there was going to snarl traffic, and I was worried if I, I'd get my the bags out of the place that the hotel is going. To. And then I was worried about getting a cab because the valet had said earlier, oh, we got tons of cabs. And I got it. There's no cabs. My fear was realized. I wasn't going to. Be... And so I finally found a, a fellow who was giving people rides and uh, hopped in the back of the truck. It wasn't a truck. And he got there in like 15 minutes. was <laughs> like, this is a breeze. How does this? It's like, I've never gotten to the airport that fast. And I got there so fast that I was there like three, more than three hours before my flight was to leave to, to catch the, you know, I got two flights to get home. And there was an earlier flight. And I thought, well, if there's an earlier flight, maybe I can get on that. So I walked over there and I said, hey, I've got this. And this, this, this. Well, we can put you on standbys. Okay, sure. And then I thought, my fear was, I'm going to have to sit in the middle seat. I hate middle seats. I just don't do well in middle seats. And then I thought, well, you know what? It's going to take away a lot of the anxiety of getting to Dallas in order to get home. And so I'll sit in a middle seat. I'll sit. You can put me in the luggage rack. I don't care. And they they got all of us <laughs> herded in and on. And it left a little late, but we made it. We made it down. We made it down there, but here's the weird thing. I found out that the the flight that I was supposed to be on that was going later was delayed and they didn't make it by this flight. so I would have so that goes back to Randy's story about there are things that you can do with the fear that you know you can't control everything, but there are options that you have in order to to lessen the possibility. Of of the fe- the fear becoming uh, materializing, but sometimes you don't you don't have any control whatsoever. Sandra is in Illinois. Sandra, why did you call today?
4: I called today because uh, while volunteering at my church, one of the members uh, is uh, was a Missouri uh, uh, that was I was in St. Louis at the time. I'm in Illinois now. But she was a member of the uh, Restaurant Association Board, and I'm a chef. And they were looking for a chef at Anheuser-Busch and Conference Center in Lake of the Ozarks. So when she presented me the opportunity, I talked to my pastor and said, should I really be working for a beer company? And he explained that he, he, he was an, he's an engineer, so he said, we, with God will use you where you are, and you don't have to be part of the environment. But anyway... To take the job, I had to cook, the, buy the food and pre-cook it, drive three hours down from St. Louis to Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri, and then I had to prepare it and serve it to seven staff members in the kitchen where I would be working, and I was I, I was scared. <laughs> oh. Okay, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, Sandra,
0: hang on, hang on. I, I want to jump all the way into this story. So did they tell you, did they tell you what you had to cook or, or did, could you come up with that yourself?
4: I had to bring my, I had to bring, bring it, bring the best (laughs) that I did (laughs) on.
0: Bring it all. Okay. So what did you decide? Did you like lasagna or did you do do something else?
4: No, I am, I am, I have a tenderloin, a full tenderloin, a whole Prismal that I, uh, that I put on, on Mesquite grill Outside and um, with the steak sauce that I make and asparagus <laughs> and a, a baked potato and uh, but and a, a hot a spinach salad with hot bacon dressing. Um, I, that was the base the basic menu. and and I had a chicken breast with a, a airline cut. There's a special way you cut the chicken. Airline cut with apricot brandy sauce and um, and rice pilaf. so anyway, but I had to do all all of that I had to finish finish cooking it while the seven of them interviewed me about my chef life <laughs> so but anyway, I got the job, and that was uh now but I was afraid that I wasn't and it's a it's a boating fishing, and golfing resort, wow. and so it was it was a real joy working there, and that was a lot of fun.
0: That sounds. I think what you just described is the sixth love language, Sandra. Right there, that tenderloin <laughs> and that the chicken okay. breast. You said there's a, an airline cut. What what does that mean?
4: There's an airline cut. It means the breast uh, is cut away from the bone, and the wing of the chicken is still on.
0: Okay. Okay, so are you still a chef? Do you still do that for them? I
4: am still a chef. No, not for them. I stayed there for three years, and it was a blessing. They sent me to Culinary Institute of America three years in a row uh, in Hyde Park, New York, and you know, and that was that was wonderful. It was really a lot of fun, and I totally enjoyed it. In the first year that I did. Uh, all the executives from uh, Anheuser-Busch come once a year, and they have their major meetings. Might be Clydesdale one week, and the uh, accounting another week. So they come from all over the world, but they come for that one yearly meeting. So some days they're four, four, four days they're there. Sometimes it's a week, and. Um, and they would just they'd close down the bowling alleys, so they'd have recreation, and then we had to learn how to golf, so we they were short <laughs> they were short golfing partners and that kind of thing so it was it was a real fun place, but the uh tenderloin and I did a grill um shrimp and uh uh baby back ribs as appetizer, and they had to be eaten hot off the grill, and that meal was always the one that they wanted. If they stayed five days, they didn't care what the other ones were, but they always wanted that meal.
0: Sandra, if I ever start a place with needs a chef, I want you, because just <laughs> the way you describe that is making me hungry. That is oh, fantastic. Now, what do you do now do you, if you're still a chef? Do you work at a restaurant or something else?
4: I am retired from Broadview Missionary Baptist Church in, in uh, Broadview, Illinois, and I was there 10 years as a culinary ministry director. So now I just do I I do a lot of things on Facebook just to show some things I do. I have a line of cookies and ba- uh and uh I may I still make the steak sauce, but I I've added the um uh, a pull a, a chicken a, all purpose sauce with that. Okay. And I have a personal seasoning. So I do not work as a chef, but like a friend needed a repast last Saturday. So we did 100 people for her her mom's repast.
0: So with so personal I'm, seasoning, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on the personal seasoning. What is that? What do you use? I mean, don't give us the proprietary copyrighted seasoning recipe, but what do you put in there?
4: I'm a little bit of everything. And if I tell you the secret, then it won't be a secret anymore. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you and the Colonel. All right, Sandra. so you pushed through. See, now listen folks. Listen to what happened there. There was real fear. There was a real struggle. Am I going to be able to do this? Am I, and especially here, and I got to transport it. And there's pressure that's there. But she pushed through that and was able to, not just that, that she got the job, but even if she hadn't gotten the job, there's something that you learn when you push through the fear that is holding you back. That's Sandra's story. There are more to come. Do you have any fear today? that is holding you back from doing, maybe it, it could be going back to church. You haven't been to church in a long time. You're just so afraid that it's, it's not gonna be what you need it to be. Keep listening, more straight ahead on Moody Radio. I got an alert from the post office that was a, a letter was coming from my brother this is from a Facebook post. He never writes me, ever. So, of course, I went through every possible bad thing that he could say to me, a lot of fears of rejection. It occupied my brain, heart, and time for two whole days. I have anxiety, so this just upped it tenfold. I even spent a good chunk of my therapy session on what it could be. And <laughs> I, I was laughing because of the, the response. When I finally got it in the mail, it was a really good thing, a parking pass for the concert that he and his wife had gotten for my birthday. (laughs) I nearly fell over with relief, but also immediately thought about how much of my life that consumed for absolutely no gain. And I think, Jen, that's the nerve right there. That... uh, you can't add a single qubit. <laughs> Why do we do that? Uh, but it's real at the same time, and I and I don't I don't think the Christian life is just plug your ears and tell all of your worries to go away. La 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 la. It's as I get, talked about Jesus, and before you know, as he's facing the cross, this portend, you know. This ugly thing that was gonna that he would have to go through that he did not want to go through, but he says, "Not my will, but yours." I think that informs what we're talking about here today. Let's go to Alabama. Lydia's on the line. Hi, Lydia. Thanks for calling.
5: Hey, I'm glad to be calling in. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Tell me why. Tell me why you picked up the phone and dialed.
5: Well, my husband and I um, we're a young couple and. We really wanted to have children, and um we initially we were initially we were told we couldn't have children, you know, and I know a lot of women deal with that, so my fear was that we couldn't have children um and then a lot of women in my circle said, "Oh, you need to take x, y, and Z, you need to take hormones, you need to take infertility treatment and I didn't do any of those things, and I kind of thought that was in my control to do that um and then miraculously, uh God helped us get pregnant um um you know without doing any of those steps and so i it was such a waste of my time to worry about that <laughs> yeah. um now i have new worries which is oh i hope this child now carries the full term you know i there seems to be no end for me right. to worry. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: It will. It's mm. like a dog and its tail. <laughs> His or her tail. <laughs> you know, it's just going. And that's that's our life. There's always something. But I think the first thing that you mentioned with your friends and they're well-meaning, you know, that nobody's oh, yeah. trying to give you more anxiety than you already have. But there's oh, totally. no end to the supplements that you can take and to the you've got to eat this and you can't eat that and don't drink the that kind of milk. And, you know, there's all of that. And that is just totally. that's the, an aspect of control. And there's some, you know, there's research and medical and, and all that stuff that's, that's going on that you can listen to. But at the end of the day, where does your trust really lie? And at the end of the day here yeah. and at the end of your call here. Where does your trust for this precious little one who's now growing inside you? Where does that lie? You know, the the very hairs of your head are numbered, and so are they on on that little baby, aren't they?
5: Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And, you know, my dad is a doctor, and he, I mean, he's one of the rare few that he'll say, you know, medicine does not fix anything. There's no joy pill. There's no peace pill (laughs) or anything like that. And, um, you know, my husband and I, I mean, we couldn't... uh, he, he was saying the same thing he was like well you just need to trust the Lord and I thought that's too simple <laughs> and, um, um, and now the Lord what he started he's going to complete this if it's his will um, Thank you. and I don't know I, I've got a great deal of peace now because even when I am discouraged I'll think um, oh maybe I'll have a miscarriage Or, I mean he started this uh, it was his idea in the first place and if it doesn't happen that's his will too um, and it's good <laughs> But, I mean, no matter what he does, he's going to be—he's still good. Yes.
0: You sound yeah. like you've got an awful lot of wisdom, and you sound awfully young to <laughs> me. You sound like you're maybe 24. <laughs>
5: 25, yes, sir.
0: 25. Okay. I was mm-hmm. close. I was a year off. All right. Well, Lydia, there Hello. are people around the country who are going to be praying for you, and one of them's me. Father, uh, here's Lydia. Thank you for how honest she was with us today about this, all that's been going on. In her life and in her husband's life and the trust that they have in you and yet the struggle that they have. And we thank you for this new new life that's been uh, begun here. And we pray that you would carry that on to completion and that you would bring that joy that only a newborn can bring in their life. And at the same time, I pray for all of the, the women who are listening today who they hear Lydia's voice And they've been there. She has been exactly where Lydia is. And the outcome wasn't what she wanted or the husband wanted. So would you increase our faith in you, increase our trust in you, increase our ability to say what Lydia just said, that no matter what happens, you're good, and to cling to that as you cling to us and walk with us. Bless that little baby, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to go to Roland's call before we end here today, because I think in Pennsylvania, Roland, real quickly, tell me, if you can, what your fear is.
6: Well, I had a a girlfriend pass away of cancer in 2010, Mm -hmm. on the 1st of October, and then in 2020, I had a girlfriend pass away of cancer on the twenty sixth of October, and I'm thinking yep yeah, you now i'm gonna be sixty eight years old on the twenty eighth i'm, I'm gonna be sixty eight years old on the eighteenth of May this year, and I am totally blind And, uh, hey i'm I'm a businessman um and uh, I'm thinking hey to get involved with somebody else. What's what's out there, or am I? Gonna, or is it going to happen again?
0: So your fear is, if you love someone else, that they may die as well. Of, of, of cancer. Yeah, and and is the fear that you might get cancer?
6: I've had uh, prostate cancer, and. Uh, they discovered it uh, when they did a biopsy in 2013. I found myself going to the bathroom a little extra. Yeah. Uh, and then I was at my dentist uh, at the time, and uh, doctor, Dr. Haggerty says, uh, i been the bathroom three times now. I, yeah, I could have thought at nighttime, when did it start rolling? Uh, a couple months ago, when do you see your doctor? Uh, the day after New Year's. Well, I suggest you get there, and while well, he's talking to me, is there something on your mind? Yes, a pee and extra at nighttime, and cross. He said the uh, PSA test, my friend. I went. Well, they found the numbers were 4.5, but eh, I didn't have it taken out until July, I removed until July of 2014. And then I wound up. Uh, my left eye is artificial and there's was growing on my lower left eyelid and that started uh, like 2019 December and the girlfriend that died of cancer in 2020 she drove me to the local hospital to the emergency room we're going to do something about this.
0: You know what I hear from your voice is is real fear and and it's, and it's based on experience and it reminds me of the C.S. Lewis quote that loving is is vulnerable you love anything with your heart and and it will be wrung and possibly broken and and he goes on to say don't even love an animal but what's the alternative to that to hold on to hold back love from somebody else because of the fear uh hang on i want to talk with you roland off the air hope you've enjoyed the conversation today hope you're encouraged chris fabry lives production of moody radio Ministry of Moody Bible Institute.